sports? Do you like beer? Do you love sports and beer? Then you're exactly where you need to be. This is the Hughes, Views, and Brews Show on 1252 Sports Chicago. Cheers. Welcome on in. I hope you're having a great Monday here. Uh, it's been a while since I joined you guys. Last time I was on 1252, I was on along with uh, Mike as we did our show from Coach's Corner on a Sunday, May 29th, the uh, Sox and the Cubs series game that was uh, just rolling right along, but neither team could score very many runs and it went to extra innings and ended up uh, a White Sox victory in 11 innings. Don't forget, if you ever miss any of the things we do here on 1252, you can catch them. Heck, you can usually catch them back. Uh, check it out on the Facebook if you're watching on Facebook, or you can go to YouTube, uh, 1252 Sports, same with uh, Twitch. And you can always hear the shows on Spotify. The audio is on Spotify, usually the day after the shows are done. So you can catch all that stuff then so no show last week because of the holiday now we're ready to uh, roll and uh we've got a, a beer guest later on today jim Koblish from uh, hop district the uh, newest brewery in illinois uh, in lagrange park he'll join us around 7 30 ish talk about uh the brewery why he why he decided to open one why he decided to open it in lagrange park and how and uh how it's going to work number of taps all kinds of things, his favorite beer, how he got involved in this crazy business of uh, brewing beer. So uh, we will discuss that around 7.30. We got some Sox and Cubs baseball to get into. Both teams with the day off today, and damn, the Cubs can use one because not that they have played poorly. They actually haven't. They've, against the White Sox, Brewers, and Cardinals, they've gone five and six, and uh, three of those games, I think, were in extra innings. They're losing three in extra innings. So the Cubs have made games interesting, at least, okay? And I think that's all you can expect right now from a team that's in transition. But um, both teams have the day off. The uh, Cubs get to play Baltimore for a couple of games coming up Tuesday, Wednesday. White Sox got the Dodgers coming to town. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about baseball and everything else. It is Hubes, Views, and Brews. Oh, we'll also talk about Yasmani Grandal. I can't tell you how many times I tw tweeted about that piece of crap. Uh, behind the plate at first base, at the plate, whatever it is, just terrible. But anyway, it is Hubes, Views, and Brews. So I went to my fridge, and I had beers that I had had recently. I had a raspberry-flavored 1853 from Nick and Ivy. I had a, um, uh, a beer from Black Horizon sitting in there. I had a couple others from Skeleton Key, and I decided that um, – I was going to pull this one out. I bought this a couple of weeks ago. I bought my, um, I bought Linda, Linda's son. It was his birthday recently. I bought him some beers, went over to Orange and Brew, Eric Schmidt, great, great guy. I uh, picked up some beers over there, had a couple of beers while I was there, but I picked one up for me too. This is a Hubbard's Cave Cocoa Van, and it is an Imperial Stout, barrel aged, I'm sorry, not barrel aged, well, barrel aged, Imperial Stout, toasted coconut and vanilla beans. So this is going to be tasty. It's 12% uh, alcohol by volume. It's uh, 
it's funny, it's got for date, it's got 2021-3. So I guess it's good for a couple of years. And uh, so I'm right in the middle, 2022. And uh, I pop it open. And it's uh, the reason I use these glasses, other than the fact that I love them, and I love Jesse at the Showboat Saloon in the Wisconsin Dells. Great guy, great bar. Cannot wait to get up there at least once, if not twice, this coming year. But um, it's a it's a, a bigger glass. It holds 17 ounces. It holds this entire can of Coco Van from Hubbard's Cave. Now, uh, oh, yeah, it's very, very tasty. Very, very good. Uh, it tastes exactly the way I thought it would. Really good sweetness. You got the the um, toasted coconut. You get a lot of um, the stout taste. The vanilla beans are really right on top of it. So that's awesome. Um, enjoying the heck out of it. Um, let's go. Let's look at some baseball. We'll start with the White Sox, okay? Uh, and we'll get to Cubs. I got a lot of cool Cubs stuff here because they had an interesting weekend uh, with their doubleheader on Saturday with a couple of rookie pitchers pitching. Uh, for the Cubs. But the White Sox, um, they went to Toronto, and that was a disaster. Um, I'd gone up to, it wasn't called Rogers Center when I went up there. It was called Sky Dome. This was back in, geez, 2008, 2009. Went to Sky Dome and saw the Sox and Blue Jays in a weekend series. This is when I was doing play-by-play -play for the Chicago Fire soccer team. The Fire had a game in Toronto, so my buddy Larry and his daughter, uh, Christy, we went to the game on Friday, the Sox game. Saturday, they went to Niagara Falls, and I called the fire game against the um, against Toronto. And then on Sunday, we went back and watched the uh, final game of the series. Sox didn't do well then. They didn't do well this past weekend as they dropped three straight to the Blue Jays. Then they go to Tampa, and they don't play any better as they lose the first game in Tampa. So they needed something. And that something is Jake Berger. Jake Berger is a guy that a little bit earlier this year was playing well, hitting well, hitting better than Gavin Sheets has been hitting, and Jake Berger got sent down. Now, Gavin Sheets can play right field. He can play first base. He can play DH. He's a left-handed hitter. These left-handed hitters have a big advantage in Major League Baseball because everyone's looking for a left-handed hitter, okay? So, but Sheets is not hitting, and I like Gavin Sheets. I just... He's not hitting. Something's got to happen. So Jake Berger has been playing third because Yohan Moncada has been out. It's been a rough year for Yohan Moncada staying in the lineup. He hasn't been able to do it. We know about the injuries to, uh, you know, Luis Robert out for a little while. Eloy Jimenez out. He's on the comeback trail. He's playing some uh, games down in Charlotte. But Jake Berger with a game-winning home run, hitting a home run, giving the White Sox a win on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the White Sox score four runs in the first inning off Yarborough, Ron Yarborough. And it was a two-run um, ground rule double with the bases loaded for Berger. And then Yasmani Grandal, no, don't call him Yaz, he checks his swing, and the ball goes over the second baseman's head, two more runs scored. Sox get four in the first, two in the second. They needed them all as they hang on for a 6-5 win yesterday. Uh, so the Sox are 25-27. and 27. That's not great. That's not what they're looking for. But they're in a division where they can still win. Minnesota has not been playing great. They have not pulled away. The White Sox have allowed, because they've been playing poorly, they've allowed the Cleveland Guardians to hang around and be close. And um, because of that, it could become more of a race. And now the White Sox have, after a day off today, 
They have the L.A. Dodgers coming to town. Now you think, okay, you got the Dodgers coming to town, but you know what? You miss Clayton Kershaw. You miss Walker Bueller. The Dodgers just split a four-game series uh, in Los Angeles with the Mets over the weekend, and Bueller and Kershaw were going. So the White Sox don't have to face either one of them. So you go, oh, that's great. You don't have to face them. Well, the pitchers the White Sox are facing, especially on Wednesday and Thursday, are actually pitching better than those two guys. Um, on Wednesday, or on Tuesday, it'll be Mitch White, middle-of-the-road guy, a four ERA, going against Michael Kopech. Kopech had nine days rest before his last outing, pitched badly, and then they said, well, you know, maybe he had too much rest. You know, just give the guy his four damn days of rest and throw him out there every five days. That's what you got to do. He pitched well in the outing before that, but then, oh, you know, let's pamper this little child, you know, who throws the ball 100 miles an hour. And that's what the White Sox and all of baseball does. It's aggravating. It's frustrating as a fan. They can't figure it out. Uh, but Kopech goes on Tuesday. Wednesday, Johnny Cueto, who's been pitching well, he's got a 2.92 ERA, hasn't gotten a win yet for the Sox, but um, he's going against Tony Gonsolin. And Gonsolin is 6-0 and with a 159 earned run average. Yeah, 6-0, and 159 ERA. So the White Sox have their hands filled there. Then it'll be Dylan Cease on Thursday, a Thursday afternoon game. If you want to get out and see the Dodgers, a Thursday afternoon might be good. Plus, there's a chance it might rain on Wednesday night. If that's the case, maybe they play two on Thursday. Who knows? You never know. But Dylan Cease, who went four and two-thirds the other day and walked seven. That's right. He walked seven guys. And that's been his problem at times in previous years. Last year, uh, walking guys. Um, he's he's got a, got great stuff, but it seems like he gets into his head sometimes. Seven walks and four and two thirds. White Sox eventually got the win because of the uh, Jake Berger home run on Saturday night. But it'll be Dylan Cease going against Tyler Anderson. Now, unless you're a big baseball fan or a fantasy baseball guy, rotisserie baseball is what it was originally called. A couple of guys in New York actually started it years and years ago. Tyler Anderson's a left-hander. I mentioned to you that Gonsolin is a 6-0 with a 159 ERA. Tyler Anderson's 7-0 with a 259 earned run average. He's got 21 consecutive scoreless innings. And I was watching on MLB Central early this morning, and I saw Dan Plesak, the crafty lefty, breaking down a uh, Tyler Anderson. And um, the White Sox are going to have their hands full. So we'll see what they can do on Tuesday with Kopech on the bump, then Cueto going against Gonsolin on Wednesday, and on Thursday, Dylan Cease against Tyler Anderson. You would think when you're missing Bueller and Kershaw, things to be good. We'll see after the three-game series. Speaking of, um, I was going to say speaking of Bueller, but no, not speaking of Bueller. Um, you, you look at it, and the White Sox, they've got um, – they're, 20, they're two games under 500 right now. They need to play better. They need to hit the ball. And the thing is, they were hitting the ball on Sunday early. They get a 6-0 lead, and then they stopped, just stopped hitting. And that's happened to the White Sox before. Um, but Andrew Vaughn, remember before the season started, it's, oh, you need a pitcher. You got to straight, get rid of, move Andrew Vaughn. Do this, do, come on. And Andrew Vaughn is just a pure hitter. He's been hitting the ball like crazy. He hit it in Toronto, even though the White Sox weren't winning. He hit it in Tampa over the weekend. And uh, Andrew Vaughn is a guy, the problem that Tony La Russa has, 
and I have not kept up on it because right now the Sox have played 52 games, okay? After 49, they've had 49 games and 49 different lineups. Not sure if that's the same. I don't know the last three days if Tony played a lineup that he had played before. But, um, yeah, Jake Berger at third base. you got to get Andrew Vaughn out there. Um, you want to bring in Adam Engel at the end of the game, that's fine for defensive purposes. Um, a good game for Luis Robert the other day. He's starting to hit the ball a little bit. Uh, Pollock was the only guy I think that didn't have a hit on Sunday for the White Sox. Tim Anderson's still down. You're playing Danny Mendick. So the injuries have really slowed down the White Sox this year, but they've had some success uh, recently. I think the winning those two games and having a day off was a great thing with the Dodgers coming to town. So we'll see how things go Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Dallas Keuchel was put on uh, designated for assignment, and earlier today he signed a minor league contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Good for Dallas Keuchel. That's fine. Get your money while you can. Get out. Then you can be retired. And um, I'm just glad he's not here. I got tired of watching him. It just has not been pretty. And that Yankee game was just probably one of the more ugly games you'll see. Uh, I talked to a guy the other day, my buddy Pete, my financial guy, Pete. He said he was at that game against the Yankees in first inning. He just made, barely sat down. It was 3 nothing, And it never got much better out there with Dallas Keuchel on the bump. So Dallas is no longer a member of the White Sox. He signs a minor league deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Good for him. Let him go wherever he wants to go. Now, if I hear Gordon Beckham, a lot of people don't like Gordon Beckham. He's trying to be, I don't know, he's trying to be a little bit funny. And with Jason Benetti, they just go and it's just a chuckle hut. And um, it's not great. But if I hear them refer, anybody refer to, yes, Monty Grandal as yes, one more time. Uh, Mike and I talked about it at um, Coach's Corner. Yeah, and he just keeps popping Yaz up on the screen, Mike does. Um, Carly Yaz is for Carly Ostromsky. It's not Yasmani Grandel. Don't Do not call him Yaz. I said it's for Carl and Mike Ostromsky. And people called up and said, no, or texted me and tweeted me. They said, no, no, not even for Mike. Yaz is just for Carly Ostromsky. Triple crown winner in 67. One of Hawks guys. Held the bat way up high, and um, yeah, he's Yaz, not Yasmani Grandel. Don't call him Yaz. That's an insult to Carly Ostrowski and anybody that ever watched Carly Ostrowski play baseball, okay? Yasmani Grandel, as of today, is hitting a blistering 163. His on base, which is why you have him, because he can't hit, his on base is 274. Nah, not really good. His slugging, well, maybe his slugging's better, huh? No, 213. His slug is 213. He has two homers and 11 RBIs. He has two errors, and he has six pass balls. And he is brutal. He had a pass ball in Saturday's game. He played first base on Sunday, and the White Sox had the lead. Lucas Giolito was on the bump. Giolito was struggling in the sixth inning. There's a ball thrown to, yet to Yasmani at first base, he bobbles it for an error, three unearned runs score in that inning. The final of the game was six to five. They had to hang on. You can't put him anywhere. He's brutal. Listen, if you're going to use him at all, use him as a DH against right-handed hitters. Leave Reese McGuire behind the plate. McGuire can throw people out at least. And 
have either Sheets or Vaughn or Abreu at first. You do not want Yasmani Grandal anywhere with a glove on. It's brutal. It's like the old Michael Jackson, you know, line. He's He wears one glove for no apparent reason. That's what Yasmani Grandal does. He wears one glove for no apparent reason. He can't catch. He can't play first. He's a piece of garbage. And the White Sox made a bad move to get him. Now, people will say, well, he's a good framer. God, I cannot wait till the computerized strike zone comes in and, and framing will go out of the game. Okay? Out of it. Completely out of it. Framing? Well, Yasmani may as well retire when that comes in because he is just absolutely brutal. So that's enough of my railing about Yasmani Grandal. Um, I'm watching the game uh, MLB Central today. And over the last week, I've made names of former White Sox players and or relatives that grew up at the ballpark. Remember Eddie Alvarez? He was the speed skater. Then he played for the, uh, he was White Sox property as a baseball player. And he played at the Olympics. And uh, I'm watching the highlights. And there goes Eddie Alvarez with a single driving in a run for the LA Dodgers. He's now coming to uh, the south side and guaranteed right field. Luis Gonzalez, no, 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 not the guy that played with the Cubs, not the guy that hit the big lot of home runs and played for Houston, a lot of other things. This Luis Gonzalez is a guy that was in the outfield for the White Sox uh, a year or so ago. White Sox, I can't remember if they just moved him or, or let him go. He's hitting 317 with two homers and 17 RBIs, okay? He's doing that for San Francisco. And Alec Thomas, we saw him when the Diamondbacks played at Wrigley Field a week or so ago. Alec Thomas's dad was the strength and conditioning coach for the White Sox for about, I want to say, 10 years. He's not no longer there, but Alec Thomas basically grew up with the White Sox. He grew up right there all the time. He's hitting 239, five homers, nine RBIs. Um, I think he had three of those homers against the Cubs in that series at Wrigley Field. But these are all guys that um, were White Sox property or grew up as uh, fans of the South. Megaplex. Play that. There we go. We weren't meaning to play that. Um, and they grew up with just, you know, guys that were here. So three guys that I'm watching and the White Sox have been looking for another outfielder for years. So maybe one of these guys, maybe a Luis Gonzalez could have actually done the job. Let's switch sides to the north side of town. Don't forget, we're going to talk with Jim Koblish from Hop District in just a couple of minutes. And, um, Cubs are 23 and 32. They have two fewer wins than the White Sox. They got two with Baltimore coming up Tuesday, Wednesday. Then they go to New York to play the Yankees for a weekend series. That could be scary. Uh, but they had a five-game series with St. Louis. And I mentioned the Cubs, an interesting week. They had four games in three days against the Brewers and five games in four days against the Cardinals after playing the White Sox for two games. So they went five and six in those those eleven games with the White Sox, the Brewers, and the Cardinals, losing three of those games in extra innings. So the Cubs have been fun to watch. They've been getting homers. Schwindel has been going deep. PJ Higgins has had a homer and a couple of big hits. The backup catcher for the Cubs, uh, Patrick Wisdom, still hitting the ball hard. But the story for the Cubs, and they did a big in-depth thing on MLB Central today is Christopher Morrell. Now, we all we talked about Christopher Morrell's first uh, plate appearance in the major leagues. It's when he had a 3-2 count. He hit the homer, rounded the bases at Wrigley Field, was all pumped up, missed first base, had to come back and get it. 
Um, was great to see. Morell has now reached base safely in each of his 20 games to start his season. Not only to start the season, to start his career. He's closing in on the record of Rocco Baldelli. Rocco Baldelli reached base in the first 24 games of his career. Rocco Baldelli, now the manager of the Minnesota Twins. So Morell has been playing very, very well. He's enthusiastic. He had a great time talking to um, Albert Pujols at first base because I guess he played with him in the Dominican League in the summer. Uh, Morell is a guy to keep an eye on. We'll see if he's one of those guys that the Cubs have found that can be a player going forward. That's what they're looking for this year. They're looking for players that can be guys to go forward with. And Morell seems to be a lot of fun, a guy that can play the game. He can play outfield. We've seen him in the infield. We've seen him everywhere, and he gets on base. Like I said, 20 straight games getting on base to start his career. On Saturday, they had a couple of guys going. Uh, Matt Swarmer is a guy that pitched a couple of starts with the Cubs, pitching pretty well for a young kid, a rookie that they called up. Then Caleb Killian, this is a guy that they got from the Giants in the Chris Bryant deal when KB went to San Francisco. And Killian got the start on Saturday against St. Louis. He went three innings, I'm sorry, went five innings, gave up three runs, three hits. David Ross left him out there for a little while. He got sent back down. The odds are he's one of the guys that the Cubs will try to build around. He had a really nice ERA in the minors. He had a 2-0 record. I know uh, Paul from Nick and Ivy was excited to go on out to the game and see him pitch on Saturday. So uh, we'll see. A couple of good things for the Cubs as you look forward to the future. And coming into this season, you weren't expecting a whole heck of a lot after all the guys have defected and left. The Cubs didn't make a whole lot of moves, and they're building. And I know that Jed Hoyer doesn't want to say rebuild. Who cares what the general manager wants to say? If you think it's a rebuild, call it a rebuild. You call it a retool, whatever you want to call it. They're not winning right now. A lot of these so-called experts say that it's going to take them a couple of years to win because they need pitching and players. It's they're going to, When you lose, you lose a majority of your team. Think about it. From the time they in 2016 – you lose almost the entire pitching staff except for Kyle Hendricks. Um, you lose Chris Bryant. You lose Rizzo. You lose Baez. They're all gone. Not that they're doing great anywhere where they're at. Bryant can't stay on the field. He just keeps getting hurt. But um, the Cubs are going to have to rebuild this thing. Maybe, it, maybe it'll lead to uh, David Kaplan doing another book, The Plan 2, if that ever happens. Okay. So we'll see. We'll keep up to date on how the Cubs do this week. Um, the two games in Baltimore could be close. Schwindel and, and uh, Wisdom are going to be inter going to be interesting because they move the wall, the fences back in left field, and uh, see how many uh, warning track fly balls get hit in that two game series with the Cubs and the Orioles. The um, Paul Goldschmidt was here in town for the five game series. Paul Goldschmidt has a forty two game on base streak, forty two games for Goldschmidt, and. Um, People talk about him being a, goal, uh, a Hall of Famer. They say he's an unbelievably, really nice guy. I'm sorry, my watch is talking to me, so if you hear that. Uh, um, but Goldschmidt with a 42-game um, on Bay Street, that's very cool. Also in baseball, speaking of the 2016 Cubs, Joe Madden's uh, LA Angels at Anaheim were really, really good. They were at one point, let's see, they were 10 games over 500, looking like they were going to compete with anybody in the West. People had visions of Dodgers and, 
you know, Dodgers, Angels, World Series. People have visions of the Mets and Yankees World Series, which is probably a little bit closer. Um, but the Angels have now gone off and lost 11 straight games. That's right, 11 straight games. Mike Trout, the guy that uh, they always say is the best player in baseball, he is 0 for his last 26. And, um, yeah, we'll see what uh, he does. He's got um, – he's been struggling big time. 0 for 26. They say he looks bad at the plate. Angels losing 11 in a row. A couple other notes I want to get to before um, we take a break, here from some of our sponsors and then talk some beer uh, and talk about uh, Hop District Brewing. Uh, 98 days today. 98 days from today will be at Nick and Ivy Brewing because it will be September 11th. And my 49ers will be taking on the Bears to start the NFL season for the Bears. It will be the first Sunday of the NFL. Cannot wait. That'll be fun. There was some NFL news today. Aaron Donald, people have said, well, you know, he may retire. He's won. Yeah, he's going to retire. He just gets a new deal. Two-year extension, $60 million added on to what he had remaining. So Aaron Donald's not going anywhere. And a sad note, um, in hockey, let's go back to some, to some uh, it's not revisionist history when I bring this up, but in hockey, Eric Nestorenko was the guy that played for the Chicago Blackhawks. He was on the 1961 Stanley Cup winners and played for the Hawks for 16 years. My dad back in 1967 had a thing called the Art Mercier Sports Spectacular. And Art Mercier was a guy, an outdoors guy. He did. He had a show on WBBM. <coughs> and Eric Nestorenko came out to the Sports Spectacular. So I had a chance to talk to him, see him. In 1967, I was 10. Well, my dad had me running around working, cooking hot dogs, taking care of Ernie Banks' kids, all kinds of stuff. Um, but Eric Nestorinko passed away earlier today. Um, he was in the movie Young Blood. Uh, Rob Lowe in the movie as a young hockey player, and Eric Nestorinko played his dad. So another Blackhawk great passes away. And um, so um, condolences to Eric Nestorinko family. I'm going to enjoy some of this beer. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We come back. We'll talk more beer with Jim Koblish from Hop District right here on uh, Hughes Views and Brews. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. 
Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Megaplex Sports Complex is a 78,000 square foot center filled with hardwood and turf. They have baseball rentals with batting cages, softball, soccer, lacrosse, gymnastics, cheerleading, cornhole, basketball, volleyball, and pickleball. It also features a bar and grill with the best pizza and beef sandwiches around. They cater to events such as birthdays, graduations, corporate parties, as well as memorabilia shows. Check them out at Megaplex Sports Complex, 15301 South Bell Road in Homer Glen, 708-966-4210. Welcome back, Hubes, Views, and Brews here on a Monday night. We saw some pictures from the uh, Jonathan Darren uh, spot and also a little bit of talk from uh, Paul, from Nick and Ivy, and this coming uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Old Canal Days uh, down the street from downtown Lockport. And uh, I know Paul and I think my guy Mike, Fat Mike's going to be pouring some beers uh, at um, Old Canal Days, and I'm going to try and get out there. We got out there last year, me and Linda, and we went, and it started raining. So we had a beer or two, and we were standing under the beer tent, and it was raining so hard that all of a sudden the water started coming into the beer tent and we said it's not going to stop for a while we may as well run to the car well of course we parked at the very end of the parking lot so by the time we got there and got into my new car i had it for like two months um we were drenched soaking wet and as soon as we got in the car we drove to nick and ivy and when we got out of the car in nick and ivy which is about a mile away the sun was out and it had stopped raining if we would have just waited that's what happens when you get to be impatient. And uh, that was me and Linda. We were impatient. But it's a story. We have our stories. And that's uh, that's one of them we will not forget. Hopefully, it will not rain too much at uh, Old Canal Days this weekend. One of the cool things about doing a show about sports and beer is that there's always new stuff to talk about. And there's always seems to be new breweries. There's a lot of breweries I haven't talked to. But a new brewery opened up in LaGrange Park just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we are going to talk about Hop District with uh, their owner and brewer, Jim Koblish. Jim, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. How's it going? Good. Am I saying your last name right? Oh, yeah. You got it. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I, it's far from the worst I've heard, but you know, <laughs> Cobblefish being one of them. 
Okay. Well, I, you know, I've, I've heard all kinds, and every once in a while, people will pronounce a name which doesn't make sense, but that's the way the family does it. So I just wanted to make sure I at least get close, but I can't mispronounce Jim. So I'm good on that. No, perfect. So, no, thanks for having me. Okay. First of all, I didn't know this when I came out and saw your place. I was there. You guys opened on May 20th. You had your yep. ribbon cutting and all, all the other stuff. I came out there Saturday morning, sat at the bar, had a, had a flight, talked to Steve, I think it is, a guy that I think, yes, you worked with. Uh, previously, he was filling me in on what was going on, but I did not know that Hop District is the 300th brewery to open in Illinois. Did you know that beforehand? No idea, but just a <laughs> happy coincidence. I think, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a, a fun theme to play off of. Yeah, I think it was very, very cool, and uh, it just gives me an idea of, that I've only talked to a certain number. There's so many more I can actually get to now. Um, your place was awesome. Uh, how did you how did you get started? I, I went and looked at your Facebook and I saw that you've been a brewer for a while, but I looked and the first place you brewed was not in Illinois. No. Uh, you know, coincidentally, I'm actually, uh, my t-shirt was, uh, it's actually from that place. It's down in Florida called Bury Me Brewing. So um, it is unfortunately now closed, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome little place. Started as a brew pub and they uh, expanded and got a bigger system. Um, at, at that point I, I had actually, uh, just had a baby and we ended up moving away, but, uh, yeah, started down in Florida and then moved up here. Well, you're, I, and we'll get more into this, but your family, I think is from this area. So how did you end up in Florida in the first place? Uh, well, I went down there for school. Okay. Um, and, uh, believe it or not, actually before brewing, uh, I was a distiller. So I actually started distilling down in Florida before brewing even, um, but yeah, I went to school down there for a couple of years and ended up staying for several years. Um, and things just, um, when we had our, our baby, uh, Shane, the other owner, um, mm -hmm. when, uh, we decided that, you know, we needed uh, to make some changes and we came back up North where we had some family, uh, excuse me, family support and, uh, you know, some good schools and a nice neighborhood to move into. Sure. Sure. That's great. So then you worked at other places I'm seeing here. Brewer and operations manager at uh, Peckish Pig. You worked yep. at Half Day um, and um, Nevins and Plainfield, and then Motor Row. Okay, and did did you work in Oak Oak Park too? Is that was one of those in Oak Park? Uh, or did you work no, in Oak Park uh, at all? At, okay, no, not Oak Park. Evanston, Plainfield, and then the the South Loop. Yeah. Okay, Nevins was a great place. It was funny um, because there was a place north of. They weren't originally a brewery. I don't think, right? I think they were, were, were they, were they a restaurant first and then became a brewery or was it a brewery and yeah. then became a restaurant? I, I was added on towards the end. You'd have to ask uh, Mark okay. Wilson down at, uh, at Oswego, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's moving on himself. So, but uh, yeah, um, Mark was uh, an awesome guy. And then I actually worked with Corey, who's over at uh, Miskatonic right now. And uh, okay. I, had a, I had a great time there. Yeah. Uh, so how did you when you're going to school and when you're doing things, first of all, how'd you decide to become a distiller and then a brewer? How does that go in, in the line of what am I going to do for a career? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a specific <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I was in college and I was given a, uh, a basically write a business plan type of project. And uh, at the time I had recently inherited a small piece of farmland. Okay. So, uh, you know, entrepreneurial mind i guess i just thought okay i've got all this corn what do you do with corn so you make sure. whiskey out of corn right so yeah I, uh, I guess i just i started learning how and thought it was pretty cool so i just i kept going on that road and 
uh, eventually left, uh, led me to beer. So you've worked in other places as a head brewer, as an operations guy. How difficult was it for you to make the jump to be an owner of your own brewery? Oh man, um, that is that is a big big jump. Um, you know, especially mid COVID and right. uh, supply chain stuff, and uh, it, it was very difficult. Uh, a big learning curve, but um, the biggest part of it, um, you know, I, I had never really done a lot of the uh, kind of back end licensing and permitting type stuff, which we did mm -hmm. all ourselves, and uh, okay. we, pulled, we pulled it off. Uh, and, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. We got things done pretty swiftly. That was a, a, a big learning curve, uh, for me. And, and believe it or not, I learned a lot of stuff actually building the brewery and taproom itself, uh, with my dad. So that, okay. was, that, was, a, that was a cool thing to do. We, we built every surface that you can see in there. That's awesome. And it's a great yeah. place. It's, it looks, it's so comfortable and you're really big into families coming there. And I noticed that we'll talk more about that. How is, uh, how, how did Shane get involved in beer just by being with you? Uh, well, she's just a, a beer lover in general. And uh, mm -hmm. we've always, we've talked about this for years. We've looked for buildings around town and always thought, okay, like one day, maybe this could be a reality. Sure. And, um, when this building came available, um, it sort of just dropped in our lap and we said, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time to take, make a go at it. But, uh, her background is in, uh, is in hospitality. Uh, she Which was, helps. With, yeah, yeah, she was, uh, did bartending bar management with TGI Fridays and nightclubs for like 12 years. And, uh, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, when, when she's there and the tap room is, is hopping, you know, she comes alive and she's taking care of everybody, making sure everyone's having an awesome time. So that's her strength. So I'm, I'm the day guy. She gets to do the fun stuff. Well, it's interesting too. Cause when I was there, the day I was there, I had my four flights. I was just sitting around looking and everything was going on. And there was one of the per people that you had work and had was having a hard time getting a cap on a growler. Okay. And, and she came over and said, and was showing them and making sure and it was great because she was like walking them through it, making sure they all knew. And she, she gathered a couple people over there. And I thought that was awesome, especially for day two, because everyone's got to make sure because yeah. I was there at, I was there at 1130. So I'm, I know I saw pictures from Saturday night at like 730. It was, it was wild. Was, oh my God. It was the place, wild. Yes. The place was jumping, but it was great because she she took control and she made sure she said, "Let's make sure we know how to do this." And yeah. it was it was awesome. And there's always going to be something. There's always going to be little things uh, that that come up and uh, that pop up. Why Lagrange Park? Now I know I talked to you, but you can explain a little bit why um, Lagrange Park is the place you decided to have this at. Um, well, one thing that's nice about Lagrange Park is I live here. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we we live literally two blocks away. Uh, That's awesome. So, I mean, part of the name itself um, is that we wanted to like be a part of this neighborhood, um, support this neighborhood. You know, we live here. Our, our kids go to school here. You know, we work here. You know, I can walk to work. I can see sure. my friends and neighbors. And that was like the one of the biggest draws about it was, you know, this is like our our town like the, let's make it all about our town so that was that was a big a big draw for us yeah yeah and i should have i should have made sure i said that because y your name is hop district community brewing yeah. and so yeah so that community is a big thing and when i was there i could tell i mean because even though it was 11 or 12 or 11 30 12 o'clock it took me a little while to drink my flight 
um, I could see people slowly but surely coming in. And there were there were younger people, there were people with their, with kids coming in and stuff like that. And I could tell. Plus, it's there's a lot of people that know the area because of the restaurant next door. Oh, because, yeah, for sure. And the yes, zoo. Yeah. Yes. But anybody that's a, to be honest, anybody that's been to a funeral, a lot of times, like <laughs> Queen, Queen of Heaven Cemetery yeah. has a deal, and they go to, was it Marone's? Matone. Matone, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, they, they go to Matone for the, the meal afterwards. And I'd been there a couple times. So when I went to your place, I go, oh, it's easy. I know exactly where this is. And yeah. um, so it, it's a perfect location. 31st Street's a great place. It's nice for me that you're on the right side of the tracks uh, because I've been stopped by that damn train there. <laughs> Because I grew up in we Cicero. All do. Yeah, we all do. I know. I grew up in Cicero and got stuck by that train numerous times. But your location's awesome. You've got a beer Thanks. garden. I, I saw the picture of people go and follow you. The picture on the wall is awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, with, we, we, with everything. I wanted to make a little bit of fun out there. So. Oh, yeah, you have to, I think. And your the room, your your tap room, and the it's it looks like a bar. you got bars and tables. But then if you walk through the door... It's like you're all of a sudden like in a speakeasy almost. You got couches, you got nice big chairs. It looks comfortable. You got games and stuff like that. And you nailed it, yeah. Yeah, and that's that seems to be one of the things you want to get everybody involved, make them come here and feel comfortable. And I can't imagine anybody walks in and not doesn't feel comfortable. Well, well, with the main room with the eighteen foot ceilings, it's uh, we we call it upscale industrial, but we knew we couldn't replicate that same uh, feeling of that room. So sure. we said, okay, let's just do something totally different. So we yeah. went for kind of that swanky lounge feel yeah. uh, with the bar up in the window, the dim lighting, you know, the, the, it, there's even a hashtag going on. It's, it's the, the green couch, the velvet green couch. There you go. So, uh, hashtag the green couch. Yeah. That's, that's been a popular thing, but it's just a different vibe. It's, it's actually developed to be kind of like almost like a family area, right. uh, like a quieter sitting area because it's not uh not quite as busy. There's not as much hustle uh, at the bar. So they can sure. go over there, actually sit down and talk. So from the time you guys actually decided that this is what we're going to do, we're going to buy, have this building, we're going to start it. How long did it take you start to finish? About a year and a half. Um, okay. Say That's that, not bad. Uh, I'll say that we we're actually planning to open up six months earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. But if you remember all those shipping containers that uh, were floating out in the ocean for a bit, yes, yes. yeah, our whole brew house was sitting on one of them. <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah, we uh, everything got put on hold for about five months. So we were just kind of sitting there twiddling our thumbs. But yeah. uh, it, it gave us a lot of time to kind of catch up on the details and work out planning, start hiring, and. Uh, we got a great staff. We we really do. You know, you mentioned Shane taking care of the staff behind the bar. Right. Uh, most of our staff, uh, a good chunk of them, have actually had zero hospitality experience. They were just great people. They were just great people. They wanted cool. to learn. They wanted to be a part of it. And right. we just said, okay, yeah, we'll teach you the yeah. beer part. That's easy. You right. know, we just but you can't teach personality. No, no, and and you know the, what I. Most place, places have flights. Now, when COVID came around, there were no flights for a lot of places. They started just doing plastic cups. There weren't flights and things like right. that. When I walked into your place, had a flight. It was awesome. I posted a picture of one of it. I had the Maybach. I had the, um, oh, I, don't, I can't see it now because it's on something else. But I know I had like two or yours. But then I was surprised because I looked and there were like eight beers up there. 
And I was trying to figure out how many of those beers were yours. And I looked and I saw Old Style, Hackershore. <laughs> Hackershore is one of my all-time favorites. I actually just went to a um, to a place and bought a four-pack of Hackershore uh, Weiss beer the other day. And it, it's one of my favorites. Um, how many of your beers do you hope to have? I mean, first of all, how many taps do you have? And then how, how many beers of your own do you have plan on having at one time there? Uh, okay, so we have 12 taps uh in total uh we we opened with five so Mm -hmm. uh imperial stout kolsch maybach a hazy and a west coast ipa is what we started with so if that helps you remember what was in your flight i don't know i had the the hazy uh, and the west coast and the hacker shore and the maybach so now i know yeah um so the goal is to have all of the taps be ours um except for a cider um that we plan on keeping on all the time sure uh we you know a little variety doesn't hurt and wow. uh, we're, we're going to continue to have guest beers. We're just going to shift those over to cans. Uh, just it, it makes things easier. And it's we're more of the front seat. Uh, but we still want to offer other great options just because, you know, if, if somebody doesn't care for or is not in the mood for whatever we're offering that day, I'm right. sure we can find you something else. We're just happy that you're there hanging out. Yeah. And that, and that's that was the way I felt when I was there, because um I saw a couple, and I, I went online, and I looked at some of the, the guest beers you have up there now, and I saw a Gummy Apocalypse from um, Noon Whistle, a Cigar City Pale Ale, which is awesome, because I know a lot of people in the area probably haven't had Cigar City on tap. Yeah, um, well, it was a little nod to our uh, Florida roots. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You had the uh, popular kid from Alter. You have a Trumer Pills, which is people that love Pilsners, they love they love Trumer, and that's that's awesome. But you also had a beer where the proceeds are going to uh, humanitarian efforts for you, the Ukraine. That was awesome. How did you get involved with that one? Uh, that was actually through uh, one of our distributors, Lakeshore. Uh, we've got a great rep. He's been extremely supportive. Uh, and he basically said, hey, uh, this is a limited thing. I don't know how long we're going to be doing this, but you know, I can get you a couple of kegs uh, allocated for this you know, sure. Ukrainian humanitarian thing. So uh, we said, yeah, why didn't, you, why didn't you start the conversation with that? So right. uh, we, we brought that on board and, and we, we bought a couple more uh, the following week too. Now, if someone was asking you, well, like I am now, uh, yeah. what your, your favorite beer to brew is, what would you tell them? Favorite beer to style, style of beer. To <laughs> oh brew. man, uh, that's that's tough. I, I I like anything that's a challenge. Uh, okay. Right now we're uh, we're working on some sours, but uh, what's funny is I I like to do like I said things that are a challenge, even if I don't necessarily drink them. Okay. So, uh, some barrel fermented wild ales I think are super cool, and I find it really interesting. Um, even though I may not make it my daily drinker, but uh, sure. Uh, I, I like to pride myself on making very, very clean beers. Uh, so if I can make a classic German pills, I could do that every day. But uh, they they definitely take a little bit longer to do. Yeah, I know. Um, and so. sometimes when you have a place, it makes it difficult because people are looking for them. And yeah. it takes a while. They're not they're not something you can crank out like some of the other beers. True. Uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm personally a very seasonal guy. Uh, okay. You know, big stouts in the winter, light and crisp in the summer. So I tend to to brew uh, accordingly. So it's kind of whatever whatever I'm feeling and I'm in the mood, and that that kind of follows follows that. 
Well, I saw somebody holding up, and what could have been you, holding up a can of the Atomic Renegade, your session IPA. And is, was that one of the – because that wasn't there when I, the first weekend. But if, obviously, you've only been open for a couple of weeks. But yep. so that was something obviously that was in the in the uh, in the making. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really that was a really cool experiment. Uh, we last week we released a wheat, an American wheat, and and okay. this past week we uh, we did the Atomic Renegade, which uh, it uses a new yeast strain from Omega in the city. Okay. Uh, and that that uh, mysterious powder that everyone seems to be talking about, Phantasm. Uh -huh. uh, through, a, through a buddy, uh, I got my hands on about 10 pounds of it. So, uh, you know, I, I got a guy. So uh, that was a really cool experiment because it was like, okay, uh, this is new to a lot of people. We don't really know to ex what to expect. This is my right. first time using it. Omega's brand new yeast strain, which is supposed to react with it. So that was, that was a really cool thing. It made some really wild flavors and aromas, super tropical. Cool. That's awesome. I got to come back and try that one because that sounds great. Um, your favorite beer, beer to drink, not necessarily right now, but all time. Like if you're you're a guy and you're walking into a store, let, let's go with a, a manufactured beer and then and then your favorite style. Okay. Let's see. Uh, manufactured meaning just like I could get it just uh, yeah. on a regular daily basis. Sure. That's a that's a tough question. I uh, believe it or not, I'm I'm mainly loggers and and IPAs still. Every, I, I find myself being more burnt out on uh, IPAs lately, uh, mm -hmm. unless they're uh, you know only like a couple of weeks old, which is pretty tough to find. Sure. Um, so I go for some classic uh, German lagers, like you know uh, uh, Helles, or uh, I mean even some of the macros. You know, like I'll, I'll do like a. Paul Lanner, I'll drink Stella from time to time, Modelo, but I, I always prefer it out of a can. Um, okay. It's something that, you know, it, it is a macro, but they're really nicely made. They're always consistent and clean and very easy drinking and budget friendly, which is good when you're trying to start a business. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's funny because I had talked to a lot of people, a lot of the brewers, when I first got involved with all these guys, like about, geez, about five or six years ago. Uh, when I was working at ESPN 1000, I got to know a lot of people from the Illinois Craft Beer Brewers Guild. And yeah. they invited me to things. And they put me on media lists. And I got into stuff and got to meet a lot of people. And they all explained to me how difficult it is for people to make Budweiser and Miller. Because every yeah. single time, it's got to be exactly the same. There's no variations where... And I'm not saying anybody does this, but if you're a brewer and you make something, it turns out a little bit different. You can name it something else, and yep. it could be it could be something else. They can't do that there. So they explained to me how difficult it is for the people to make Bud and Miller and all those kinds of things. I grew yeah. up a I've got Miller Light fan signs all over the place. My buddy used to work for Miller, and um, you know when I got out of high school, which was decades ago, um, we he would come up with a keg or you know. Uh, cases and beers, so that's why we drank that. Before that, we drank Stroh's, and which a lot of people can't even find now. And I've actually yeah. saw Stroh's truck. We were driving down the road, and I saw a Stroh's truck. I was shocked. I was going to stop and ask him where I can get some. Um, yeah, my my but, dad has some of those classic signs in his garage still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you, and if I can okay. remember, oh, I looked at your place. Do you have enough space to brew enough things? Because uh, I wasn't sure how much, how many tanks you have, and I don't, I'm not knowledgeable enough to know, 
you know, how many you need and how many you have and what you're going to do and, you know, put on, sure. you know, kegs. Like you said, you'd like, you said you have 12, so you'd like to have a lot. How, how does that work for you when you're brewing? Um, well, so uh, we, we took the grow organically model. We didn't just okay. buy the biggest system money could buy. And sure. then, you know, you, you, then you're stuck with massive batches and then they're going stale before people can drink them. We didn't like that idea. So we're like, okay, let's start small. And if we outgrow it, then that's a great problem to have. Right. Um, so right now we only have two fermenters, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, but we do have a really big walk-in cooler. Um, so we have a mixture of uh, serving tanks and kegs. Now the serving tanks basically just act like a giant keg. So okay. that makes um, handling volume a little bit easier. But um, we're going to make an announcement in a couple of weeks. But we actually have two more fermenters on the way. So, okay. uh, yep, already they are already done done deal on those, and they are um, actually ten barrel fermenters. So we'll brew two times in a row to fill those. So we're we're actually about to triple our capacity. That's awesome. So, that's yeah, really we're, we're taproom focused, but uh, we plan on doing the hyper local self distribution. Sure. Uh, the 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 atomic uh, Renegade I saw in a can was that just in a crowler can or was that some? Because you're not canning things yet, right? No, not yet. Um, we right. do have a mobile canning company that we've been talking with, and okay. so uh, basically, when, when we're ready to pull the trigger, then okay, awesome. They'll you know they'll pull their truck up and can some beer for us, and that'll be awesome. Um, but right now we're just doing the, the crawlers and growlers. Um, but yeah, we just were right now. We, uh, we had an awesome first couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, people are digging the beer and drinking us dry. <laughs> so, um, right now we're, we're not focusing on canning necessarily, but just let's get our, our lines filled. Let's make some more beer. Let's, uh, actually, you know, let's, let's, let's get past the ketchup phase, you know? Sure. Sure. And, and the funny thing is once you do start canning, that's a whole nother, problem you have to deal with right distribution yeah. how you're going to get stuff out for to stores to bar room bars and things like that and uh that's that's probably not easy either you're all of a sudden yeah. you're going to have to have hop district trucks or or your local <laughs> car you know just driving things yeah. out because i know just to distribute stuff to places that want it once people start asking and once you're in cans they're gonna they're gonna be looking for that stuff yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And like I said, we're gonna we're gonna be doing hyper local. So you know, maybe just Lagrange, Brookfield, Western sure. Springs, and sure. um, you know, maybe in a couple of years, if if we're lucky enough to grow um, in, into being like really high in demand, then okay, then we can contract somewhere or you know get another facility. And um, and if not, then you know we've got our own little tap room that's just great for the neighborhood, and I can still walk to work and be happy as could be. So, <laughs> okay, one last thing: after yeah. two, after just two weeks, a little over two weeks, but not much. Um, has there anything popped up that you didn't didn't expect? I would think something popped up that you didn't expect, or were you really um, prepared beforehand? Well, the <laughs> the easiest answer is the amount of beer we went through. Sure, um, sure. You know, putting it simply, you know, we went through three entire batches of beer in less than a week. Oh Each of those God. was a five barrel batch. So call it. We went through five hundred gallons of beer in a week. So that was not anticipated. But uh, no, I mean, everything else has been really going very, very smoothly. We've been lucky. Like I said, staff is great. Shane yeah. has been doing an awesome job in the tap room. Um, 
you know, it's it, we're we're taking it week by week and just trying to keep up with demand at this point. Yeah, no, it's great. I, like I said, I, I I scooted over there. You guys are open um, three to ten Tuesday through Thursday, Friday three to eleven, and Saturday eleven to eleven. And you know, if for people that seen this are watching and haven't gone out there, you got to head out there. It's a great time, and uh, the beer is awesome. The beer was great, nice. and I do remember now the hazy I had, the weed I had, and the Maybach. And I'm a huge Maybach fan, and I had that, and that was. That was very, very good. So everything I had there was good. The top, the, the people were great. And um, that's important. And I know that with Shane being a person that worked in that kind of stuff, yeah. that's that's important because the last thing people want is to, yeah, there were there were a couple of kids there and I looked and everybody was smiling. And I said, okay, if everyone's smiling, it's a, that's yeah. a good sign. That's a good yeah. sign. No, it's It's been uh, very heartwarming yeah. uh, to see, like you said, you look around and everyone's, Having a great time. Um, yeah. It made it made the year and a half of work um, disappear. Sure, you know, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure. Well, I, I'll get out and see you soon. I know a lot of other people will. I'm sorry to bother you on your one off day on no, Mondays. I'm sure you. I'm sure you probably brewed all day today. That's probably why I you did. have Monday. I, I literally yeah. did. <laughs> right. That's why a lot of places have Monday off. So I appreciate you for jumping on. We'll get out and see you soon. Thanks for jumping in. No, thanks so much for having me. It was great. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. Jim Koblish from uh, Hop District Brewing. You got to head on out there. It's right on 31st Street, right next to Matones. I can't read. I've been there a million times. I can't believe I forgot the name. Why Barone? I don't know. But uh, Matones is right there on 31st Street, and they're right next door. And a uh, really nice place. Great beer. It's a family-oriented place. They'll enjoy, uh, you'll enjoy your time. You'll enjoy the beer. And speaking of that, I got a couple of other beer things to get to. But first, Want to hear from a couple of our sponsors, and then I'm going to finish this um, 12 12% beer So during the break. So let's hear from the sponsors. Fuzzy football, are you ready, brother? Real football action on a glossy game surface, play shuffle style. Slide a shuffle puck at pass or run targets, and a free mobile app keeps track of every game detail. Easy to learn, but this game of skill is difficult to master. Take care of the ball, or turnovers will kill your drive. The game is guaranteed to get your competitive fire burning, and it's perfectly sized to take anywhere. The park, a barbecue, your next tailgate, or fun at home on game night. Fozzie football is simply the best, most realistic, and competitive game of football available anywhere. Add defense when your skill improves, and take the game to the next level. The perfect mix of fast action and real football drama where a last-second Hail Mary can break hearts or make champions. Hi, this is Kathy O'Connell at Coach's Corner, located at 8118 West 143rd Street in Orland Park. Our phone number is 708-364-1026. We are Orland Park's number one sports bar. Come in for our wonderful beer menu and seltzers with a fully stocked bar. Watch a game, drink a beer, and try something off our amazing menu. We have everything to choose from. Nachos, potato skins, and our house-made bar chips to start off with. Then try our tacos, burgers, and one of our delicious sandwiches. And don't leave without trying our famous jumbo wings. 
they do not disappoint. Coach's Corner, it will sure to become your local bar. Again, we are located at 8118 West 143rd Street in Orland Park. Come see us today. Kathy was great. Her dad was great. We were out there on the 29th of May for the Sox and the Cubs game. We're hopefully we'll do some more of that and we'll be out in that area. Uh, hopefully a little bit more uh, coming up very, very soon. A couple other beer notes before we get out of here on this Monday night. Um, Nick and Ivy, one of our sponsors. I was there. Jeez, I was there a lot. I was there on Friday. I met my girlfriend and her brother out there. And then we went to Stagecoach right next door. And it was awesome. I had um, great food at Stagecoach. Uh, Linda had the jalapeno, oh, the jalapeno grilled cheese. And that was awesome. I had some great stuff. It was tremendous. Uh, the beers were good. They have a lot of beers. I know I saw people at Nick and Ivy, and a guy from Stagecoach came over and, and said, listen, they told me I can get a beer from here and bring it back over to you to the restaurant. And they did. It's very, very cool. And Nick and Ivy is the same thing, where if you're sitting in Nick and Ivy, you want food, order from Stagecoach, they bring it on over. There's one of their servers comes on over and drops it off. It's really cool. But uh, Chad is leaving. The brewer from Nick and Ivy is leaving. Paul's going to get a new brewer in there, and they're going to crank out great, great stuff. But I had the Farewell Chad the other day, just a great IPA, really, really good. And I also had a couple of the FC Browns. And... I played Fozzie football. I was 0-5. Now, we have an eight-person league, and I was 0-5, and I won two games. We play, I played week six and week seven because old Canal Day is coming up. I got to go there. I can't play on Saturday. So I won two games. Now I'm 2-5 and five in a very, very tough division, a tough four-team division. Uh, so I was happy. But Nick and Ivy had some great, great stuff. Naperville Ale Fest is coming up. July 9th. I'm trying to get out there. I got some plans for July 9th. I'm trying to cancel them so I can get on out to Naperville Ale Fest. I have not been out there. It's at the Naperville Settlement uh, from 12 to 5. You can get out there, um, pick up your tickets, and uh, I hope to see people out there. Solemn Oath has their Oath Day, and this is 10 years of Solemn Oath Brewing. I was at Solemn Oath the day they opened. <coughs> I heard they were opening. I went out there like 3 o'clock on a Friday, I guess. I don't know what day it was. And uh, I was there for the first day the Solemn Oath opened. Their 10th anniversary this coming Saturday. Uh, tickets are available. Go to Solemn Oath. Check it out. Check out their site on YouTube and find it out. And then my brother-in-law was here today because you've probably heard numerous times throughout this stuff that I'm moving. I'm going to Lockport. Beautiful Lockport. And um, hopefully the house will be ready by the end of this month. And so by let's say six weeks from now, I'll be doing these shows for my new home. Um, but my brother-in-law was here because I have 1,200 comic books, and he went through all of them in about 15 minutes. This is good. This is good. This was the first appearance of this guy. This is that. This is that. This is, you might want to check this one out. And he went through all of them, and um, that was cool. And I told him he's not a beer drinker. He's not a drinker at all. Lots of soda. Like a two liter, put a two liter in front of him. It's going to be gone in no time at all. Okay. Black Horizon on Saturday, June 18th from two to six. 
they have what they're calling comic books and brews. They're going to have local and independent artists. They're going to bring stuff there. They're going to have like a mini comic show. Um, so if you're into comics, you're into beer, perfect place to be. Black Horizon. All my guys, Kevin and Alex and um, Charles, uh, I'll be out there. I know I'm going to be out there sometime that day. Uh, because like I said, my brother-in-law doesn't drink. I'll bring him in. I'll drink his beers. He can drive me home. I don't know. Maybe that'll work. Um, but there's a lot more beer stuff going on at this time of year. But I'm really hoping to get out to the Naperville, um, the Naperville Ale Fest. I've always wanted to go. I was always working. I don't work anymore. I should be able to get out there. They start at 12. And I think I should be able to be out there. So yeah, check with the neighbor. See what the neighbor thinks. If he wants to go on out there. Um, beer Fest by yourself isn't a bad thing because you can go and hit all the things as opposed to hanging with people. But I was at the Westmont Winter Beer Fest with my neighbor, Jason. And um, he and his brother-in-law were walking around. I was walking around. We found each other eventually and had a great, great time. So thanks a lot for jumping on in. Thanks to Jim from uh, Hop District Community Brewing. It's a great place. Head on over there, over on 31st Street, and you'll have a great time. The beer is great. Try the Maybach. It's very, very good. It's called um, definitely maybe Maybach, maybe M-A-I-B-E, and a Maybach. Um, the don't weed up is the, uh, is one of their wheats. They got a, the atomic renegade, a session IPA. It was great talking to Jim they were so excited to open their place. They've only been open since May 20th. I'm glad he was able to come on. I asked him a couple weeks ago when they were in the process of getting everything ready. They've been very, very busy. I appreciate all of his time that he spent with me today. Uh, he's been brewing beer all day today. So head on over there. You'll have a great time. I grew up in Cicero. Uh, my girl, Linda grew up in Berwyn and, um, we drove past that a million times going out to the Western suburbs. And, uh, so it's a great, great place. Head on out to hop district and you'll enjoy yourself. Thanks to fat Mike for helping me out today. And, um, hopefully he gets his show on Wednesday. I know he's got a lot of stuff going on right now and hopefully you'll see us with different backgrounds and everything else in uh, months to come. Okay. We'll try to work that out and we'll let you all know how things are going. You can always find us on uh, the Facebook pages. You can always find us on YouTube, Twitch, and also on Spotify with the, all the audio the day after shows. 806. Oh my God, I didn't finish this. Unbelievable. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for jumping out in. Let's see how the Sox and Cubs do. Sox get uh, the Dodgers and the Rangers, the Cubs get uh, the Orioles and the Yankees. Ooh, that's going to be tough coming up real soon. What's up, Mike? Sorry, Fred. You got to finish that beer. It's you got, there. You go. There it is. There it is. All gone. There it is. All gone. I, I didn't finish it before I got off, and I mean off the show, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, so, uh, are you doing your show Wednesday? Hopefully, I will be doing my show on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Okay, and uh, I know you're bummed out because you lost a game of uh, Fozzy football. I got my ass beat today. Brad beat me yeah. two games and nothing. Your first loss. My first loss, it's a heartbreaker. It's a heartbreaker. Yeah. People that go to Old Canal Days, from what I understand, they can get a beer poured by you. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be down there helping Paul pour beers. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm going to be out there. It was fun. Hopefully it won't rain. Hopefully we'll have some good weather for Old Canal Days. So, Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Well, thanks to everyone for watching. Thanks for thanks to Jim. Thanks to Mike for running this thing as he always does. 
And uh, we'll be back again next Monday. Check out Mike on Wednesday. Check out Harry on Friday. Jacob on Sunday mornings talking the NFL. We'll talk a lot more NFL as they get closer. Jimmy Garoppolo not uh, practicing, not getting ready, not going to OTAs. Uh, I didn't even get into that. But uh, we had a lot of time to talk football. They don't start till September. Thanks for watching here on Hubes, Hughes, and Brews on Monday nights on 1252 Sports. Thank you for listening to 1252 Sports Chicago.